0: You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will
1: make you free.
2: Psalm 103, Psalm 103 in the scriptures, Psalm 103. Let's stand to our feet. So we read the Word of God. Isn't it good to be in church tonight? Amen. Look at this crowd here. i I just like to show this to the devil. I wish we could live stream right into his lair somewhere and show him what's going on tonight. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, So the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, His days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so He flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep His covenant, and to those that remember His commandment to do them. The Lord hath prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye His angels, that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of His word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye His hosts, ye ministers of His that do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all His works, in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray together, and the turkey almost made it, but he's doing a little dance over there, so Pastor Michael, if you could take him out. That's getting on my nerves over there as he does. How many of you can hear his little line dance going on over there? Father God, we come into your presence. We thank you for this night. Lord, I'm looking forward to just being with family tomorrow and eating and laughing and having memories, playing games, eating all that turkey and ham and all the good stuff. Tonight, would you please help us to see the food that's set before us? May it be a far greater meal than what we'll receive tomorrow. May it be a meal for the mind, for the heart, for the soul, for the spirit. Bless us, I pray, as we preach your precious word. Thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we're so undeserving. We're so unworthy. Revive our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse number two says, and forget not all his benefits. Thanksgiving is the cure for spiritual amnesia. All throughout Scripture, we see God's people forgetting or having spiritual amnesia when it came to the goodness of God. But the Bible says in Psalm 27, verse 13, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And here's the message tonight, Thanksgiving is the vehicle to the goodness of God. I remember being in Alaska uh, last summer, I think it was, with charity, and we met somebody there in the church who, in the wintertime, they make a lot of money by going on a trapping trip on snowmobiles far way up above the Arctic Circle to trap these uh, wolves and bring them back and make a lot of money for pelts, selling them to specialty shops, and he invited me to go. Those type of things, they all sound good and you get excited. Most of the time it never happens. Uh, it's just hard to pull off, but I've always uh, thought about that since he offered that going with Aaron and maybe when A- Andrew, some of the boys get older. But he said, the only way that you can get where we go is on, four, uh, on snowmobiles. And man, that just sounded incredible to me. He said, it's dark and we have the f- all our packs and all our food and we go out and we stay gone three days and we're living out there without electricity and we're starting fires and it sounded amazing. But he kept saying, and it made it so special, the thing that made it so special was he kept saying, the only way that you'll get there is by snowmobile. That's the only, you're not going to get there any other way. You can't even fly an airplane into where we're going. You're going to have to only get there by way of a, I think maybe either A, he was trying to scare me, so I knew we were going to be on the back of a snowmobile for three days, or, or excite me. But he just kept saying, the only way that you're going to get there." Uh, to, this, to this cabin in this, this area where he traps along this trap line is by way of Snowmobile. And really the only way for us to overcome spiritual amnesia is by the vehicle of thanksgiving. And again, I say I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thanksgiving is simply purposefully seeing and acknowledging the goodness of God. Thanksgiving is making the goodness of God real in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is the goodness of God. And just dwell on the goodness of God a little bit and try to get that thought that Thanksgiving, though we forget so easy about God's goodness, purposeful Thanksgiving day after day after day, putting it as a routine, as a habit, as a commitment, as a choice, not a feeling, but a choice in our life and in our heart that we are going to God uh, and say thank you God in everything, in spite of everything. And that is the vehicle that starts up and begins to chunk you down the road to the goodness of God. I believe that the key for the next generation is the goodness of God. Let me just say That the more of the goodness of God that you have in your home, the more standards and convictions you can have. You say, well, I can have all that I want to. And you should. But wait a minute. They're not going to last. They're not going to stick unless they're enrobed in the goodness of God. The more compassion you have towards the things of God, the passion you have, and the compassion that you have for others and, and, and serving God through witnessing, through the bus ministry, through your local church, through telling others about Jesus Christ, the more strength that you can have because God is good. Because we have a good God. This is why we live right. Otherwise, it becomes dead religion. And I believe the reason why we have so much decay in Christianity today is because we have lip service to God, because we have flattery to God, but we do not truly see and believe and acknowledge the goodness of God. I want really more than anything else in all of the world for my children is to see that God is good. Because if they see that, everything else that I thunder out, Take the old whiskey booze bottle that's ripped apart many families and would take my boys or my girls down the wrong road. And and I hold that up in a family devotions or on a platform here and I crash it down and say, don't you ever, don't you ever, don't you ever. As we heard uh, growing up, it's the goodness of God in my heart that leads me to say, because God is good, there's an opposite to the devil's fruit. I almost name this the fruit of God's goodness what the goodness of God feeds us with, what it does, and the vehicle that takes us there. But that title was just way too long. Yet, Every single problem that walks through my office doors, I have be- begun to dwell on this as I've been praying uh, about preaching on Thanksgiving. I began to think about it and began to go over the the situations where people are away from God, rebellious to God, backslidden from God, struggling in some situation. In every case, they failed not just to see the good, not to see the goodness of God for others, but to see the goodness of God in their life. Amen. That God truly is a good God, whether you feel it or not, he's good. This is a good church. This is a good place. Whether you like it or not, and I believe everybody here does, whether you feel it or not, it's good because God says it's good. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed us and brought us together in true Christianity, which is born again Christianity. Are you following me? So it doesn't matter what you believe about it. It doesn't matter what you feel about God. It is a choice. And thanksgiving is that vehicle. The only way for you to get to God is to thanks living, or, or, or thanksgiving, which is thanks living. It's thinking about it. It's forgetting not all his benefits. I believe if our, this generation, myself, all of us really as Christians, could see that the devil is the shortchanger and God is the blesser. But what happens is we think, well, I haven't seen him work in my life and I because we have not been driving around in that vehicle called Thanksgiving. And all of a sudden we wonder why the heavens seem brass and why God isn't real. There are people sitting right here and you could not think, and this, this grieves me deeply, but you could not think of one solid answered prayer. Maybe if I gave you enough time, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and yet there's others, you just start cranking them off. Why? Because with thanksgiving, you've brought your request before God. And the thanksgiving has brought your mind and heart and brought it into captivity unto the things of God and has dwelt upon the goodness of God. This is the key. This is the secret to the Christian life. is thanksgiving driving you to seeing that God is good in the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of all of this trouble, in the midst of all of your trouble. God is good. Two weeks ago I saw a video online of a Man, by the name of Luke, here's Luke's words, Skid Row hurt me in ways I can't ever explain. It made me do things and made me see things I wish I would have never seen. And immediately when I heard that statement, I said, this is what the devil offers. This is the goodness of Satan. In our text tonight in Psalm 103, we read about the tender mercies of the Lord. Those very words are used in the book of Proverbs when it says, the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So the devil has fruit too, young people, but the devil's fruit is always rotten. And it always has wires in it that will uh, that will hurt you. But God's fruit is always good, whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not. I watched this interview and I began to weep at the end of the interview. And I want you to watch it and I want you to... Uh, listen very carefully to the words. It's a little unusual that I'd show uh, this on a night like this, but I just want you to, right now, I want you to think about God's path and God's plan. And this man that got involved in some drugs and and messed up, he admitted that, got messed up where that led him. God's willing and ready, able to help him, to get him up, to clean him up, to put him on the right path. But I want to show you the emptiness, the trapping, the bondage of Satan. Take a look at this. And we'll continue in the message. Right over here. Luke, Luke, yeah. we're here in Los
0: Angeles. You're homeless. Tell me about it. Um, well, there's a lot to tell. Um, Los Angeles is a very, very crazy place. Um, I came here with my wife. Um, her family said, come on. Um, we got on a uh, bus. We came, were on our way. We started calling the first day. We left. And no answer. We figured, just a fluke. Uh, called The Second Day No Answer. And from then on, no answer. We haven't spoke to them since. You come here and you you, st- you come here and you get stuck. And if you got nowhere to go and no real family to bail you out, which me and my wife don't have, you kind of are forced to go to Skid Row. Uh, Skid Row is by the bus station. It's, it's where all the shelters are. It's where all the food is. It's where all the resources are, are located. But Skid Row is a very nasty place. Um, it, a, yeah. Go it, on. It it will make it so you are constantly just worried about what you need to survive because everything's being taken from you. You're being taxed for living on certain streets. You have to pay. Um, basically, drugs run most of Los Angeles itself, but especially Skid Row. Um, Skid Row um, hurt me in, in, in ways I can't ever explain. It, Maybe made me do things and made me see things that I wish I never would have seen. Um, it's amazing what people can do to other people. Um, You're going to have to, I can't family hear family. you with the ta- traffic. It's amazing what people can do to other people. Um, I especially feel bad for the females here. They get used up in, in, in a whole different way. Um, my wife experienced that. Um, the problem is you get trapped here, and people say, I pay a handle for money. People say, get a job. Okay, well... If I had somewhere to rest my head where my stuff wasn't stolen, where I didn't have to worry about blankets, where I didn't have to worry about food, um, I might be able to get a job. But then also, I've been seen through this entire town now, and now I'm known as homeless. So to get a job, I have to leave the area. Um, I have nowhere to shower daily, I have nowhere to keep work clothes. Um, it's not as easy as get a job, you know? Um, and you don't get much sleep. No, right. you're in survival mode and the other night I met somebody and his shoes were stolen. While I was sleeping. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a very funny uh, thing. Your shoes get stolen a lot while you're here. Um, and, and who steals a homeless man's shoes? Your shoes can be completely worthless, and someone still takes them. And that's a really hard thing. Cause you wake up in the morning and you've got no shoes, and you gotta walk around where people throw broken glass, cockroaches, um, and you gotta look, look for shoes. And that's. That's very disheartening. It, that's one of the strangest things that I've come across here. I've had shoes that are completely worthless and stink so bad somewhere and someone still takes them. And somebody started trying to tax us um, just on paying them and bringing money back. They wanted us to give them a percentage and then they started doubling it, and doubling it, and doubling it until the number was so astronomical that there's no way anybody could ever pay it. And it's extorted they're, they're, threatening. they're yeah. threatening violence yeah. or whatever right. Right. if you don't pay the tax. They'll burn their tent down, you know. I've had 13 whole tents stolen. I, I just got jumped the other day. I've been jumped 13 times, um, 10 of which I don't know the person or the person is completely, absolutely insane, and I still don't know them or i never even see the person who hits me because they're robbing me in an alley. You know, and it's, it's just, it's been hard, you know, but you survive.
1: Is uh, anybody helping
0: you? Yeah, not really, not really, really. Um, people throw me some money here and there, some food here and there, socks, as you did. Um, but things are so expensive here as well, like a hot dog behind me, $7. You know how long it takes me to sit down and make $7? You know, um, everything down here is a lot more expensive too. So. People think you make all kinds of money panhandling. There are days I do, there are days I do all right. But that money goes really fast because it costs a lot to live. You know, especially with a wife, you know, three meals a day, you know, um, you splurge sometimes. Socks new clothes, you know, a shower is a really hard thing. Um, so what people don't understand it's, you know, this is not a job that gives you self-esteem. Yeah, no. Vanhandling. No. Hey, people spit at you, call your yes. names, oh, yeah. pour coffee on you. Yeah, right, right. You, you, but you have to be ready for that. Like, and it gets to the point where you, it doesn't even matter. You, you don't care because you need it so bad. Right. You know, and survival comes first. And we as human beings will do anything to survive. Yeah. You know? Now, is, is, like when I said anybody, any service providers, any homeless? They service? try but I can't, keep, I can't keep a cell phone because it gets stolen. I can't keep a cell phone charged charge when I do about it. Um, there are people that stop by once in a while and take down my name and my information and say they're gonna help. And then I see them again maybe two or three times here and there, or I see them again and they turn their head and walk the other way and feel uh, shame they didn't help me um, or couldn't help me. I have people that throw me 10, $20 and think that's going to solve everything. And next time they're mad at me because I'm off the street because they're $10 or 20 But I'm at a point where I'm stuck. This is what I do. Um, I've become comfortable with it. Um, I don't see no other way out. Like I said, I feel like I'm falling and never hitting a bottom, or at least hitting a bottom that's false. And every time I go to try to climb out, that bottom's cool for me, and I fall more. If I could reach an absolute solid bottom, I might be able to climb out but there is no real bottom because it's always, it's always being pulled out from under you. You're always falling for What's your future like? I'm not sure. That's in God's hands. God's in my hands, you know, cause I do choose what I do, you know? But the opportunities that are out there are, are harder when you are homeless and been seen as homeless. And when you have to do this all day just to eat, you know? Um, my story goes a little deeper than that. My wife got pregnant. Um, to uh, a prostitute, she's a prostitute. She got pregnant. Um, at the end of her pregnancy, she started having seizures. So she got diagnosed with brain cancer. So, and she's scared to death from the treatment, because the treatment's like 80%, uh, 80% risk of death. It's just, it seems like it can't get worse. It only seems like a soap opera. I've been jumped by Cubans. <laughs> I've been, I could write a book. I could also write a book. you know? The only thing I really have to say to anybody is just appreciate family, because family is the one thing I don't have that might save me from this. Because when you mess up, when you make a mistake, most people got family to bail them out. I don't, because does my wife. So we gotta eat this one ourselves. We gotta find our way out ourselves. And so appreciate family. They're the most important thing. And don't judge, because a lot of these people are two missed paychecks and no family away from being right here. You know, make it happen really quick. It really can't where you know it, and you're stuck, you know? If you had three wishes, what would they be? It's hard, it's hard. I haven't thought of, of, I haven't wished for anything in so long because I'm just worried about getting what I need. Um, that's a hard one. Like, I wish my wife to be better. I wish I had family. I, I don't know what I'd do with her. Why well, i give it away. Thank you
2: very much for talking to me. You're very welcome. You. And that's just one that we could show. That's what the devil leaves us with. If every young person could understand that you may not live on the streets of L.A., but that's how you would live in your heart. Trapped in a cycle. You say, I don't feel sorry for that guy. I do. Because that's what sin does. That's... That's the devil's product. That's the devil's fruit. It's not God's fruit. By the way, there's a whole message there. We ought to be thankful, you know, to compare where we're at in little Washington, Iowa with the blessings of God upon our life. That could be you. If it were not for the mercies of the Lord, let's get down off our high horse and think, oh, he's a bum. You heard him cry. His wife's a prostitute. That's what she does all day just to feed themselves. She's got cancer. She's pregnant with whoever she prostituted with. He's crying, wishing that she would be better. That's what the devil will leave you with. You say, well, how, how can I help from, from being there? Thanksgiving. You say, can it be that easy? Yes, Thanksgiving is the vehicle that takes you to the goodness of God. All oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembling of the elders. Oh, how great is thy goodness! Every good and perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is good, and He's only good. You say, I just can't get there. I can't get there. Thanksgiving is the snowmobile, if you will, to take you there. But the fruit of the Spirit, and that's capital S, that's God. The fruit of God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of Thy house. Remember not the sins of mine youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trust in Him. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Thou art good, and doest good. Please teach me Thy statutes. For Thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy to all them that call upon Thee. The goodness of God causes us to live uh, uh, with authenticity. That's what the goodness of God does. Most Christians live a shallow christian life that's not real like isaiah 29 said the lord says the people draw near to me with their mouth but their and their lips do honor me but have removed their heart far from me take a teenager in a home with a rebellious attitude not grateful to parents as the bible uses that very term and see if he is happy and satisfied with the blessings of mom and dad or if he's waiting to cut loose and go the first second he gets Would you agree with that? Is that not the way that it is? If he doesn't see with a grateful heart the blessings of mom and dad? Well, then this is the same thing that happens to you and I as Christians. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse verse 2, it says, in the last days they'll be unthankful, unholy. We talked about that Sunday night. The next verse says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We are living an unauthentic Christianity unless we're driving the vehicle of thankfulness and gratitude to the, mer- to the goodness of God, which is the mercy of God, the grace of God, the redemption of God, the praise to God that God is good. And you wonder how you see other godly Christians. You say somehow God is real in their life. It's because they're seeing the goodness of God in their life. Could it be that simple? Many of you are shaking your head up and down because you live there. You get to drink from that nectar of that fruit. But there are many Christians, you're sitting here and a light bulb's coming on for the first time. I can see it. And you're saying, oh, this is how God is real to me is when God is good to me. This is a deep statement. Are you ready for this? Okay, this is really theologically deep. You're going to have to chew on it for a while. God will not be real to you if God is not good to you. God will be nothing more than a, an imaginary, fictional character. But if God is good to you, then God is real to you. You say, I want God to be good to me. How is He good to me? What if this is all just consequence? I mean, I don't see the answer prayer like you do or like he does or like she does or maybe like my wife does. I don't see it. Thanksgiving is the vehicle to drive you to that acknowledgement to see that He is. Just start thanking Him for the Word for the truth, just start reading. This is what we've been doing the past three services, the past three hours uh, of our services, trying to infiltrate. This is why we did these little mini uh, plays, is to see that, God, you are good. And bringing us with, with thanksgiving shows us the magnitude of us, just like that lady walking in and getting tears. God is so good. What happened was she drove here, she walked in and saw, you know what, God, you are good. You are a provider. You are sustainer. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Consider him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Christians are fainting in their minds because they're not practicing the doctrine of thanksgiving. The tool, the power... The, 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 the toolbox of thanksgiving secondly the goodness of God causes us to pray Psalm 116 verse 1 I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me therefore will I call upon him as long as I live you will not pray for very long in true supplication you might repeat some empty words but in true heartfelt prayer he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is what is that? Parents, you want your children to come to God? The only way that they can come to God is to believe that He's a rewarder. If He's only, and don't, don't misunderstand me here. I believe in preaching that He is a ruler and a Lord and God to be feared and praised. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. But if God is only a ruler in their life and not a rewarder, through their view of Him through you, then they will not come to God. That's deep. That's rich. That's what we all need is that God is not just a ruler, meaning He he gives the commandments to lead us away from that in the right path, in the good way, in in, in the blessed way, but that He is a rewarder. And when we see that He's a rewarder, we want to come to that God that is a rewarder. If you never reward a child for their and praise a child and reward them with encouraging words, guess what? They're going to stop coming to you and say, hey daddy, can I clean the room? Can I polish your shoes? Can I... And you as Christians, old or young, we will stop coming to God in daily prayer if we do not see His goodness. You say, well, then I want to see His goodness. Well, then Thanksgiving is that vehicle that's going to bring you to that goodness. We talked about Sunday night, the goodness of God causes us to live right. That victory. You're going to have to pick a different day to cheat on your wife than the day that you saw the goodness of God. Then you were grateful to God. That gratitude brings you to how good God is in your life but won't repeat, re-preach that. Number five, the goodness of God brings us to revival. Romans 2.4 says, despisest thou the riches of His goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? You want to know how you can get young people to live right? Of course, preach hard, preach the Word of God to show them that hell is real and sin is real and the consequences of sin, but also show them that, hey, God's a whole lot better rewarder than Satan is. The goodness of God leads to repentance. Last but not least, the goodness of God causes us to love Him. 1 John 4.19, we love Him because He first loved us. We're going to close the service tonight unusual. You never know what's going to happen at Marion Avenue. But God has laid this heavy upon my heart for quite some time, and I was going to preach a different message solely around this. But as we think about Thanksgiving driving us to the vehicle, uh, the vehicle driving us to the goodness of God, I want you to think about the first Thanksgiving meal. And you say, oh yes, 1621, the pilgrims and those 90 Indians. No, not that first Thanksgiving meal. The last supper of Jesus Christ was the first Thanksgiving meal. It was a meal not for the nourishment of the body, but the remembrance of the mind. Just like tomorrow is not supposed to be for, ah, though we certainly will enjoy it. Tomorrow is supposed to be a picture, just like that Passover meal was a picture. During Passover week, before Christ died on the cross, they would bring in uh, lambs to Temple Mount there to sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins there and, of course, to celebrate Passover and and, and that that great deliverance from bondage and the picture that it represented. They had 600 priests on top of Temple Mount uh, slitting the throats of lambs four per minute, 250 Thousand lambs would be slain in a two-hour period. They would have the blood run down, as we've been been able to see there in Israel uh, down that Temple Mount into the Brook Kidron, and for a week after Passover, the brook would still be running red. From those of you that have ever been in a slaughterhouse, as you can imagine, two hundred and fifty thousand animals, and that was a picture. That red, crimson blood was a picture. Of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That God sending his precious and only begotten son to earth. To die on the cross and shed every last blood. Every last drop of sinless blood for you and I. And he comes to the Passover meal. Which is the last supper. That was a Passover meal. With all of the remembrance. Just like this is. Just like this. I've been thinking about this and praying about this. What's the significance of all of this? Is it for our nourishment? Are we really going to, oh, I needed some oranges tonight, though certainly we'll take some home and enjoy them. Is it so we could get up here and play a game or have a good time or have a party? No, it's for remembrance. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. That was the first Thanksgiving meal. And that Thanksgiving meal was celebrated for thousands of years all the way up to today. As we come into tomorrow, it's not pointing back to our American holiday. My Thanksgiving meal tomorrow, and certainly I pray ours as a church and ours as a Christian family, is a Thanksgiving meal to Almighty God. That God, you are the giver of breath, the giver of life. You are the giver of everything that is good. And today I glorify your name. Every piece of that meal that they prepared in that upper room in Jerusalem, was a picture of his body that was broken and his blood that was spilled. And so on Thanksgiving Eve, I've asked our deacons and led by Brother Jeff Leppert, if you want to prepare now, to go ahead and administer our communion. And we're going to do that tonight if you are a born-again believer who have been baptized and you are willing right now to ask God to forgive you of all sins, those that you can remember and those that you cannot, ask him to forgive you where we have failed him, then we invite you to enter into this communion together, and we'll conclude our service remembering, thanking God for his goodness to us. With their heads bowed and eyes closed, I invite you to stand to your feet, and after we pray, we'll be seated. Brother Abe, if you will come and lead us in a word of prayer.
1: Our Heavenly Father God, we are so grateful to be in your presence tonight. We're thankful that we have a church that we can come and worship you and to hear the preaching from your word that convicts and motivates and encourages us. And then now, Father, as we are about to partake in your communion, my prayer, Father, is that all of us would take the time to examine ourselves, Lord, to confess known sins, to ask you, Lord, to search our hearts, to show us where we have fallen short, show us our sins, Lord, that we can confess them before you. We thank you, Father, for the bread the representation of the broken body of Jesus. We thank you for the juice, the representation of the spilt blood, the holy blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, as we partake, uh, Lord, and minister the Lord's Supper, I pray that we would, uh, Father, use this time to look inward, and then also, Father, to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. First Corinthians uh, chapter 11. I'm used to having a microphone up here. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 23 says that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And at this time, the gentleman will be distributing the grape juice, which is a representation of the holy and sinless blood of Jesus Christ. At this time, Brother Steve Cope, can you please pray as before we distribute, and then after he prays, we'll receive the juice. 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 25 says, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me.
2: And let's all stand and sing that chorus that they were playing. There is a fountain filled with blood. Let's truly be grateful tonight for God dying on the cross. And may tomorrow we laugh, have a good time, enjoy friends and family. Let's look all the way back to the cross and be thankful for our salvation and for God's goodness. Let's praise His name. Let's glorify Him. Let's live real. Let's tell others about Him. Let's stand firm and strong in this crazy day and age and stay focused upon Him. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from remedials. And sinners plunge, and sinners plunge. He need that blood. Blue Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. May we always be grateful. Every morning, just make it a habit. Every day, Lord, may we say thank you. I'm grateful. Praise the Lord. I appreciate that. God, you are good. God, I want to talk to you. God, let me tell you how good you've been to me. Lord, I pray that we would be truly grateful. And then we would see your goodness. And Father, the goodness of God could do what you've designed and, meant and written it for it to do. Father, I pray that we would see that the fruits of Satan, the tender mercies of Satan are cruel or wicked. Are bringing in bondage brings us to a life that we never want. Lord, You are good and only good. You are always good. You're never to be blamed for any bad. You are only good. And we praise and glorify Your name. Thank You for Your body that hung on that cross, that was slit open, that was pulverized and brutalized and broken for us, for my sin, for my sin. Thank You for Your blood that was shed so sinless, so pure. Lord, because You're only holy. Thank You, Lord, for that last supper which became that first Thanksgiving of remembrance. Lord, as you were teaching your disciples to keep looking back, to forget not all your benefits, that you heal all our diseases and forgive all of our iniquities. May we be forever grateful. Thank you, Father, for this land that you've given us, this freedom that we have tonight. Lord, please, may we set our eyes upon you through Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. And all of God's people said, aren't you glad to be in church tonight? God spoke to me was ministering to me tonight. From my family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. I wish I, we could have everybody over tomorrow, just have a big party. I'm actually going to Grandma Rhonda's tomorrow, eating some good food. And so, fellowship with one another. Now, here's what we'd like to ask you to do. We are going to give one piece of fruit to every child, one, but you do nobody's to come up here and get things off. We have a team already to do that. There are some wires in some fruit, and so we ask you to be extremely careful when you get fruit. We ask you to please get fruit tonight. We'll have it for sale for very cheap. It'll help offset the cost of 1,700 pounds of fruit. And the price list was in your bulletin, or if you still need to grab it, you can do so on the phone or find it around here in your bulletins. The tables, guys, you want to go ahead and start setting those up as quickly as possible. We're going to get those set up. They'll be set up right here in the overflow. You can use the kiosk uh, there. You can pay in cash. And I won't go through all of the things, but there are a few limits like the pineapples because they're so cheap um, uh, that, you know, there's a limit. I think maybe it's like one per household. But come and get some of this and give to those in need. Now, if you know of somebody in need, you have to run that through me. I'll be down here. Don't just come and grab stuff. But if you... Or somebody else needs, if you don't have food for tomorrow, you need some mashed potatoes or something, and you just don't have the money, please come see me. Don't feel bad about it. Just say, hey, I'd, I'd sure like some fruit, and I'll, I'll, I'll work with that on an individual basis, okay? And so, or if you, bus captains, if you want some for your bus routes, and you know that you could use it, not a dime, okay? It's, it's not about the money. We've already spent the money. God's he'll take care of that. But it is trying to offset and also regulate so that we can get this stuff out. But we really don't want to be left with fruit rotting in the back hallway, all right? Please don't let us do that. So make a bunch of, I I asked my wife, my mashed potatoes would blow the socks off a turkey. Uh, I'm telling you. So we need some more potatoes. There's all kinds of good stuff. Make an apple pie, ladies. I think that's the announcements, all right? And uh, yes, sir. We'll go to Preaching Mike.
1: Yeah, just really quick. What I'd also like to add on top of that is that a lot of this, the decorations up here in this area, if you brought something, we're going to try to organize as much as possible, but it'd be fantastic if you were able to it's hard for us to know who exactly everything belongs to. So if you have something up here that we're going to be taking it down carefully, if you want to stick around just for a little bit and grab your stuff and go, that'd be fantastic. Please do
2: that. Pastor Abe and Pastor Michael have committed uh, to one another. They've, they've, said, they've told me they're going to be here until it looks like church on Sunday morning. So, but they're incredible. They put this up in two days, all right? Not they, a whole team of them. How many of you could, could stay? Hey, look, if you, if, you don't, if, if you don't need to go home early tonight, don't go home early. Nobody ought to go home by themselves and watch TV. Stay here. If you got a family and you want to do that, sure, fine. I understand kids, all of that. But stick around and uh, we'll see how far. Uh, certainly they don't have to stay that you know, until it's done. But we got Thanksgiving. The office is closed tomorrow and Friday. So Saturday we have ministry. We go soul winning. We go bus calling. So we need to get it done. As many of you guys could stick around. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. We'll be eating fruit till we're soured stomach. All right. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I've truly, I've truly enjoyed it. Fellowship one with another. The guys are going to be getting it down right away. So by the way, How many of you have not taken a picture and you need to grab one first? Come up here. Come up here. Guys, move the pulpit. Who else needs to take a picture? I have spot number one. we got spot number two. Just come right down here because they're going to start taking it down, and we'd love to do that. God bless you. Anybody else, just come right over here, and I'm going to help facilitate. God bless you. Fellowship a little bit. Love on one another a little bit. We love you, church family. Happy Thanksgiving, and you are Dismissed.